0: But we're few in number, but mighty in spirit, as I said. And we have a a great, I'll call it a following, but I don't really think that's the word I want to use, um, of our snowbirds and others who listen online. So uh, we're going to take this moment in the sunshine and the very bitter cold weathers and the snow to just really have our worship service this morning. And I've got a message that I titled, Be Intentional. So this is the first Sunday of the new year. Historically, I share a message about the annual opportunity to renew ourselves and how the changing of the calendar is a reminder that there are times to evaluate and make changes to our lives, to, to set goals and to pursue them. And I did double check my notes and thankfully I did not promise that 2021 would be better than 2020. And, uh, I'll pray for a better 2022, but I promise nothing more than that God is in control. He's aware of our needs and and we have a good father. So we'll pray for a better 2022, but, uh, we don't know what lies ahead. We just know who's who's got it in their hands. But typically, this time of year, we we have these seasonal goals, these resolutions. And as with any goal, there are some steps required to, to be successful. It's a process. And I'm gonna touch just quickly on these because I realize that many people listening to this morning's message will set personal goals for this new year. So you start by setting a goal. What is it you're trying to accomplish? What is it you're trying to do Uh, Is it something you're gonna try to get better at? Is it something you're you're gonna just check off your list? But you've got to know what that is. And next, you develop a plan, a strategy. Otherwise, your efforts would be aimless. And the most important part is you start. Good intentions don't accomplish anything. Being intentional means taking action on your intentions. And I think it's important that we include accountability. Have a way to measure your progress and maybe a trusted friend or two to keep you on your path. Recognize and celebrate your progresses, even if they're small ones. And last, never quit. It's okay to reevaluate, to pause, to get your feet back onto you. But quitting is the only guarantee of failure. So when you set a goal, when you go after it, don't stop. All of these steps are important, but none as much as the actual starting we can intend to do a lot of things, but intent is just a mindset. Having an intention means I'm going to think about it. I intend to do this. I'm thinking about that. But intentional means taking purposeful action. And as Christians, we, with good intentions, say things like, I'm with you in spirit. I'm not sure what that means because if I was going into surgery and you said you're with me in spirit, I, I don't know what to do with that. But we say that, right? With good intentions. I'm with you in spirit and you're in my thoughts and prayers, and and those are great intents. But the delivery on your promise to the person doesn't begin until you do what you said you would do. That's the start. And it takes action, a conscious action, to convert intent to intentionality. There's a former baseball player by the name of Sam Ewing, and he noted that some people turn up their sleeves. He says, some turn up their noses. He says, some don't turn up at all. If you mean to change something about yourself or change your perspective or even transform your life into something completely different, then you must act with purposeful intention. Attempting to change without being intentional during the process will not result in success. And there are so many other things that we intend to do but never do. We we intend to have the neighbors over for dinner but but we don't. We intend to help out by noting our time or or money to a cause, but we, but we don't. We intend to be more patient and practice forgiveness and, and stop gossiping and, and set aside a bad habit or a sin, but, well, we, maybe we do, but we still continue to struggle, don't we? I didn't intend to make this morning's message about what goals to set. Rather, I wanna talk about actually doing something with them as Christians and as a church, there are several instructions clearly laid out for us in scripture. We don't have to wonder what our life goals should be. And generally speaking, we do a good job of identifying them. But are we honestly taking the needed action in all these areas? We can't talk about being about taking action without considering James's words. This is from the scripture this morning that Patrick read, James 1, 22 to 25. It says, do not merely listen to the word And so deceive yourselves, do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at this face in a mirror and after looking at himself, goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently, that means with focus, into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, that means putting it in action. They will be blessed in what they do delivered a message several months ago called Reflected in Truth. And I reminded you to look at yourself in a way that God looks at you, to truthfully see yourself as the good, good creation and all the wonderful potential you have and to view yourself objectively. And sometimes that, that feels good and sometimes it doesn't. But that's the mirror reference that James is using. He says, when you look into your mirror, see yourself. But Because sometimes you walk away and you immediately forgot what you look like. He says, in such a way you're deceiving yourself. How is that deceiving yourself? James described this as a problem of both faith and obedience. He identifies this as a situation of ineffectual religion, of merely hearing and not obeying the word. Ineffectual religion. A religion that doesn't do anything because we're hearing it, but we're not obeying it. Lack of attentiveness to and, and application of the word leads to self-deceit and, and a worthless religion. And that's a tough word, worthless. Have you thought about what that means? God didn't create us to work on things that are worthless. He gave us value and purpose, and we certainly have value to him. He sent his son to save us at a high, high price. We owe more than a lukewarm prayer life, occasional reading of the Bible and an hour or so on Sundays. It takes work. Purposeful intention and action. Psalm 128, one through two reads, blessed are all who fear the Lord, who walk in obedience to him. You will eat the fruit of your labor. Blessings and prosperity will be yours. Or listen to this scripture from Ecclesiastes 3, 9 through 13. He says, what do workers gain from their toil? I've seen the burden God has laid on the human race. He has made everything beautiful in its time. He has also set eternity in the human heart, yet no one can fathom what God has done from the beginning to the end. I know that there is nothing better for people than to be happy and to do good while they live, that each of them may eat and drink and find satisfaction in their toil. This is the gift of God. Now, especially the First Testament talks about eating and drinking, and that's a symbol of the fruits of one's labor. You put in the effort and you eat and you drink. He says, when you do that, you can eat and drink and find satisfaction in your toil. And that's a gift from God. You see, God has implanted his soul-saving word in his believers. And it can't flourish while being contained. We, we've read the, you know, the little song, this little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. You, know, you can't put it under anything. The, the, the city on a hill that shines for all to see. You can't contain this. And God has put this within us. It's not designed to stay there. Action, which is doing the word is required, not merely allowing the sound of God's word to fall on your ears or the pages as you read them just to kind of fall out of your mind. Failure to act on what one knows is a repeated themes in James's letter. He's concerned about faith without works. In fact, it's 2.26, he says, as the body without the spirit is dead, so is faith without deeds is dead. It takes both. But we also know that it's through grace, not works alone. So it has to be both, faith, and deeds, faith in action. And knowing that the right thing, but failing to do it. 4.17 says, if anyone that knows the good they ought to do and doesn't do it, it is a sin for them. Not taking action on a a commandment, on obedience, on on a calling. Scripture says that's a sin. James continues at verse 23. So this is John 4.23. It says, but an hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers will worship the father in spirit and truth. For such people, the father seeks to be his worshipers. God is spirit and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. And if you look at the meaning of the word truth, it means a genuineness and and quality. Worship him full spirit and with genuineness, intentionality. 2 Peter 1.10, it says, Therefore, brethren, be all the more diligent to make certain about his calling and choosing you. For as long as you practice these things, there's the action, you will never stumble and you will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I'm gonna share a little bit of a verse about, about you know, uh, really securing yourself in your practice. Then I'm gonna give you a practical illustration. Maybe you've heard the, this thing, build your house on the rock. This is from Matthew seven twenty-four through 27. It says this, it says, everyone who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. It says, and the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand and the rain fell. And the floods came and the winds blew and beat against the house and it fell. And great was the fall of it. I've shared this story before, the corporate challenge. And I remember taking my son to this swim meet and and he was young at the time and I was in much better shape at the time. And and at the swim meet, my son was saying, I don't want to swim in that pool over there because that's the deep one, the diving well. And I said, Austin, if you know how to swim, it doesn't matter how deep the water is because you just keep swimming. You just keep swimming. And then that, um, that same summer when we had a corporate challenge, I, I tried my hand at cycling. Um, yeah, don't picture it. But, but it was really cool because we got to ride our bikes around the Kansas Speedway, which was, was really interesting. But, but I remember some of the advice I got and it was you know being in the right gear. And the thing is with cycling is, is a, a, they call it a cadence. You take a pedal about 70 per minute, okay? So that's, that's your cadence. And if you're on an exercise bike, that's kind of the cadence you want to keep. And, and what you're doing is you're keeping this cadence, and as you get to a hill, and if you've driven, ridden a 12-speed or 12 or 18, whatever they've got now, you get to that hill, and it gets hard, and you shift gears, and there's this crash, 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 is all the gears thing. But they say, no, you waited too long. You shift your gears, and so you're constantly... Pedal, pedal, pedal. And when you get the hill, it's smooth. There's not that crash, that thing, because you've shifted your gears and you just keep going. And that's the like. God's word and the practice we have with worship and, and our prayer life and all that. It doesn't matter what waters come, how deep they are, or the, all that. We just keep swimming because we know the practice. We pray every day. We read God's word. We, we call out to him. And so it doesn't matter what the waters are because we just keep swimming. and We just keep cycling. And when that hill comes, we just shift gears and we just keep pedaling because God is with us and we've got our routine. Matthew 21, we find Jesus being questioned at the temple. And it's a, it's a multi-part story. But as a part of his response to the criticism he was receiving, he shares the parable of the two sons. And this is one that isn't as uh, often told as others. But starting at Matthew 21, verse 28, it says, What do you think? So he's questioning the, the men that are questioning him. and Jesus says, There was a man who had two sons. He went to the first and said, son, go and work today in the vineyard. I will not, he answered, but later he changed his mind as he went. Then the father went to the other son and said the same thing. He answered, I will, sir, but he did not go. And Jesus asked this question. He says, which of the two did what the father wanted? What would your answer be? Is it the son who said no, but then went, or the one who said yes and never left? You know, it's kind of depressing sometimes to think that our days are numbered. There is a number for the days we're here on earth. But it's also what comes next makes that exciting. But we don't know what that number is. But it does exist. And it's important that we know what we're going to do with those days. The author of Ecclesiastes 5, 18 through 20 says it this way. He says, this is what I have observed to be good that it is appropriate for a person to eat, to drink, and to find satisfaction in their toilsome labor under the sun during the few days of life God has given them. It says, for this is their lot. Moreover, when God gives someone wealth and possessions and the ability to enjoy them, to accept their lot and be happy in their toil, this also is a gift of God. They seldom reflect on the days of their life because God keeps them occupied with gladness of heart. It's important that we find contentment and satisfaction and do this action, this, this act of faith. You know, individually say, God, I want a relationship with you. So I intend to pray more, I intend to study your word more, uh, to give more, to participate in church more, to work harder for you, God. I'm gonna make that a resolution. Remember where to set a goal and make a plan and then start. Perhaps you need help putting God's purpose for you into words on paper or in your mind. And if that's you, then let me hear from you. We can talk about how to set a personal goal for your spiritual life. But as a church, we're called to the same thing. We say, God, we wanna continue the ministry of Jesus Christ in this community as a congregation. And we must also set a goal, make a plan and then start Golden Beach Community Church has a mission statement that was drafted by its earliest congregation. You can find this online, but it's also framed and hanging at the back of the sanctuary. That is the goal. And we make a plan each year regarding our means of fulfilling this mission. Each month, the board holds an open-door meeting to evaluate and adjust the plan. The budget of the church should clearly reflect the mission of the plan. Money is a responsibility, not a reward. To say that we wanna support those in the community that are in need is wonderful, but establishing and financing the LLM Fund, for example, is putting those words into action. To say we wanna provide a safe and comfortable place for people to gather for fellowship is wonderful, but hosting free donuts and coffee in in the summer and having game and movie nights throughout the year and, and sharing a choir concert and a meal with other groups in the area is putting our words into action. Friends, this cannot be done well without our, your prayers and support, without your action and active involvement. It's Paul in Colossians 3, 23 through 24, who says, whatever you do, work heartily is for the Lord and not for men. Knowing that from the Lord, you'll receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. Now we often look at this and say, as I go about my day, as I go about my job and, and the things I do, look at it as if I'm doing it for God. And that's correct. That's good and correct. He's given you air in your lungs and energy and a means to support yourself with the job or whatever that is. And and do that as if you're working for the Lord. But remember that everything's important. So no matter what you do, what role you play in the ministry here or, or elsewhere, you're using the gifts that God gave you. If you put your talents to use, you're proving to God that you love him and you worship him. And you're showing others that that's what you believe as well. How many times has someone thanked God for something you've done when all you're doing is being obedient to God yourself? In the first letter of the early church in Corinth, the apostle Paul writes, therefore I exhort you, be imitators of me. We talk about this verse often. Paul says, just imitate me. And he says, as I'm imitating Christ. So, we need to be an example for others to follow. That's an action. Don't know how to be intentional. It's okay to copy the behavior of others. This is, after all, how Jesus taught his disciples. He said, Watch what I do. In just three years of ministry, he changed the world forever. I was at the annual congregational meeting several weeks ago. I cast a vision for us both individually and collectively as a church that we will be more intentional in 2022. We will take the things that we're doing well and we will continue them with renewed vigor. We'll find ways to put our mission and ministries out there to make a tangible difference in the community, thereby improving the faith lives of those around us as they see the work of God and the light of Christ alive and well in their own neighborhood. 1 Timothy 4.16 says, Pay close attention to yourself and to your teaching. Persevere in these things, right? Don't give up. For as you do this, you will ensure salvation both for yourself and those who hear you. Now, that's a great responsibility and a great blessing. Ephesians 3, 10 through 12, his, meaning God's. God intent was that now through the church, through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms. According to his eternal purpose that he accomplished in Christ Jesus, our Lord, in him, and through faith in him, we may approach God with freedom and confidence. The church is a tool. And the offer is this. I would offer this as a benediction. First Chronicles twenty nine seventeen says, I know my God that you test the heart and are pleased with integrity. All these things I have given willingly and with honest intent. And now I've seen with joy how willingly your people who are here have given to you. God delights when we are obedient, when we come together as a congregation, as brothers and sisters in Christ and put our faith in action, are obedient and follow through on our vision and goals to extend the ministries of Jesus Christ. So know God's word and with willingness and honest intention, be doers of the word. Let's make that our intent this year. Let's pray. Father God, as we turn the page on our calendar, we enter a new year. Honestly, we can't look back so fondly of the last two with the global crisis, the pandemic, the just everything that's gone on in the world. So we, as we've done before, go forward with hope, a renewed hope, because we know who you are. We know what promises you have made us since the beginning of creation you seek out a relationship with us. And when we follow your will, that you will protect us and hold us up in your righteous hand and nothing can snatch us away. No pandemic, no ruler on earth, no evil spirit, nothing. So Lord, we cling to that promise and we make one back. Lord, we wanna be doers of your word not just hearers. We want to put our faith into action. We want to be instrumental in your ministry here on earth, both individually and as a congregation. Lord, we know that that means we have to, with purpose and intent, be doers. So Lord, give us the, the wisdom to see the areas that we're doing well and to not let up. Give us the wisdom to see new opportunities and pursue them with vigor and to not give up. Lord, help us to get started in areas that you need to use us in this world to make the difference that you need to see. Lord, we are humbled and honored to be a part of this process. And we surrender ourselves to you and say, help us to be intentional Christians this year. In your son's name, we pray. Amen.